0: This is the Black Belter Podcast and you are listening to episode 23. Today's guest is Dee Begley. Dee is a multiple times medal winner at Wacko Worlds and Europeans. She has been a multiple times national champion in kickboxing and has even been an Irish Open champion in Nogi Jiu Jitsu. Since 2017, Dee has competed in mixed martial arts, training out of SPG Ireland. She had 10 amateur fights before making her pro debut in September of 2019 and today I chat to Dee about her time in kickboxing and how she transitioned to MMA and her goals for the future. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe on whatever platform you use to listen. Let me know through social media if you're enjoying the podcast, and I'll hope you'll enjoy this one. What's up, Dee? How are you?
1: Really good, really good.
0: How are you finding? Uh, how are you finding lockdown?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's something different, anyway. Um, I actually started a new job during the lockdown, which was probably a once in a lifetime kind of a thing uh yeah i'm down i actually like i usually live in dublin so when the whole when the coronavirus kind of came to ireland and it started off first i kind of moved down to west cork um so i've been here for the last few weeks um, just training away so uh yeah like i'm tr- trying to make the most of a bad situation
0: yeah how's it in terms of home workouts is it just uh kind of your usual bodyweight exercises or do you have anybody who could maybe hold pads or something for you?
1: Yeah, so my little sister actually um, does kickboxing as well. So oh, great. I can train away with her. So it's great. Yeah, it's really nice to have. Um, so at least I have her as like a training buddy. So some mornings, like, you know, motivation might be lacking and I have her like dragging me out of bed being like, you know, you promised we were going training. So yeah it's good it's at least I have that I'm really lucky and like you know I really
0: appreciate like
1: her kind of putting in a bit of time as well.
0: Did you have any fights coming up that happened to be cancelled because of coronavirus?
1: Um, No unfortunately so I turned pro in MMA last year and uh, it's been hard enough to find fights to be honest. Um, I was they were kind of lining up for me to fight in Florida for the 25th of April. But um, two girls actually pulled out um, before the coronavirus hit at all. So, do you know, it, it like it wasn't looking good for me to have a fight. So hopefully now maybe, you know, if things go ahead for like July. And if not, like look, at the later end of this year.
0: Yeah. What, what, what promotion would uh, those fights have been with?
1: So um, the one in Florida would have been Contenders MMA. So it's kind of a a UK promotion. So they've had a lot of, uh, uh, sorry, they've had a lot of shows in the UK. I think they've had like maybe 30, 31. And uh, this was going to be their first in the US. So they put a lot of time into organizing it. So it's a shame it wasn't able to go ahead, you know, whether I was going to be fighting on it or not. Um, But like, look, I would be open to like fighting with them again. Um, And then, you know, July, like I know Cage Warriors coming to Cork. So it would make a lot of sense for me to fight on that. Um, And that would be one I'd be very, very interested in fighting on.
0: Would you be hopeful that that's still going to go ahead?
1: july like you would like you saw like you know graham put in a lot of effort for the last card to put it on you know with no spectators i can't see that kind of thing happening in cork but you'd hope that like maybe towards the end of may this would all clear up so you know you have a full month there in june so maybe july could go ahead or go ahead at a later date but like definitely it'll be amazing to have a card in cork you know
0: yeah, so I think that, that could be the challenge. I think like a lot of these sporting events, um, I've said a couple of, a good lot of people are on, it's, it's fine to say that, oh, you know, yeah, July is, like, we can hold these events, but if people haven't been training in the build-up, it's like, well, they're not going to want to compete then.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, like, you know, I, I imagine that most people are trying to get in as much training as possible. I know that you can't do, like, I don't, like, I have no one to train jiu-jitsu with. But, you know, I'm still trying to do my conditioning, um, all that like explosive um, kind of work that you'd have from, that you'd need your body to be able to do for wrestling, for jujitsu. So I'm trying to get that as much as possible and like that, you know, practice as much technique as I possibly can, like myself, or, you know, I'm going to have to try like bribe my sister into being my dummy for jujitsu. So we'll, we'll see how that goes.
0: You never know; she might get the bug then.
1: That's it, you know. And like she's, um so we we are, we're from Bantry in West Cork. So I think the closest jiu jujitsu gym is in um Bandon. But she's going up to college next year, so like it would be, you know. I told her to give it a go, and if it was for her to go for it, but I wouldn't be like actively pushing for her to do like MMA because it is like it's a different ball game to kickboxing.
0: Yeah, so how did you actually get, how did you get started in in kickboxing?
1: So when I was younger, I would have been into like a load of different sports. Um, So I started kickboxing when I was eight, but I was actually um, doing indoor uh, training for cross-country running. Um, My mom was late collecting me, it was during the winter, and I saw them doing the kickboxing. So I think we had done our training from seven to eight, and the kickboxing started at eight. And uh, when I saw them doing that, I kind of, I was like, mom, like, oh, I want to try it. Like, and she thought I'd give up like after a week and I ended up, you know, doing it on, like, I'm still kind of involved in kickboxing. My older brother started with me. Um, my younger brother then started and Grania's is involved as well, my younger sister. And um, then my dad was so sick of going to all the competitions that he's a referee as well so um obviously he doesn't referee or fights but uh yeah so the whole family i think my mom did it for a stint as well she did one of the classes so um yeah we all got very involved um like all the other sports i was doing i was doing i was playing a bit of um tag rugby i was playing you know camogie i was doing basketball Uh, Gaelic football and like that the athletics and um, they all kind of fell away as I got to you know when you get to the point of like 16 you're like you kind of have to choose between them yeah and at that stage I was kind of going international with kickboxing so you know that was that was kind of the turning point for everything
0: but do you you think there was maybe like some crossover do you think all the other sports helped you in kickboxing the fact you were just maybe just just athletic in general
1: yeah so 100% like the athletics definitely gave me that like base fitness Um, you know I rarely got tired um, but I had like from the Gaelic from everything I had like just my legs were so strong and they were so so it took me a long time to be able to kind of kick fluidly you know it was uh, trying to train that muscle into like a fast twitch rather than the slow twitch you'd have from like Gaelic football, like it's, it's, a, they're different sports, they have different demands. Like, I was probably doing a lot of aerobic fitness, whereas now, like, MMA kickboxing is very, like, explosive anaerobic. So, it's probably a big, it took, it took years, it took years to train, but like, you know, it was, it was good.
0: Did you, and did you start getting, getting to competing straight away from, from the world goal? Or was there a bit of time where you were just, just training for, you just enjoyed training?
1: So I think my first, it would have been maybe a year after I started. Um, It was like a local competition in West Cork uh, over in Skibbereen. I think I ended up coming like third or second in my first. I think I still have the trophy for it lying around as well, like 2001, I think it was. Uh, So yeah, like I did, I kind of did. And then... You know, even though there was like gradings going on, I was always way more interested in the competing and the in the fighting part. Um, so I think I did my first nationals in 2009. Um, I came second. So I got a bloody nose in the final. I was actually winning the fight and uh, it, they couldn't stop it. The medic couldn't stop it. And I was kind of like really like eager. I was like, no, no, just put like cotton wool or something um, but they wouldn't let me, so they wouldn't let me continue. So even though it was the final and I'd come second, I had technically qualified for the national team, but because it was my first year, my coach was kind of like, look, we'll, we'll wait till next year. So in 2010, um, I won the nationals and I competed in my first world championships over in Serbia. And, um, I had... I think I had three fights. So I won my first two. And um then it ended up being an all Irish final. So um a girl that it funnily enough I now train with like she trains in uh S B G as well, Shannon McGee. Um it was me and her in the final, all Irish, and uh she beat me. So I came second in the world, she came first. Um yeah, so it's but it's funny how then like ten years later, like she's training in the same gym I am, like, yeah. but it's an MMA gym, you know, or jujitsu jitsu and like Thai boxing. But yeah, so it's it's funny how everything kind of comes full circle, you know.
0: And at that time, would it would you have been like, what, what was the club? Was it mostly a points club, light contact, full contact? What discipline No,
1: so um, I trained in West Cork Kickboxing Club under Ian Kingston, and okay. uh, predominantly uh, light contact. I could probably count on my hands how many points, um, like fights I've ever done. Uh, Yeah, it's always been, always been light contact. And uh, yeah, I think it's um, light contact is, it's more like boxing because it's continuous. You're not stopping, you're not starting. Um, It requires a different type of fitness to, you know, the points fighting because for points, obviously, everything has to be, you know, it's it's like in seconds it's in milliseconds sometimes whereas for light contact you're going for two minutes straight um and you're not going full force like you would in Well, I think it's full force to the body now but it's a lot more technical and a lot faster than say full contact then which is in the ring so there's kind of that happy medium there um and it's quite like it's it's a good one progress into or like to transition into the likes of um, full contact K1 and in the continuous now say similar styles on the mats you have uh, low kick so um, and that's kind of like similar to K1 without the knees so um, that's what I like have been competing in for the last year with kickboxing is the K1. Um, I think I've done one. I did one like contact competition over in Bristol, all right. But um, K one's kind of the part of kickboxing that I love. I love the knees. It's really, and it is the best thing for me to be training for MMA. Yeah,
0: there's a good seems to be a good transition between like the guys, like even um, the the Shelleys, Adam and Ryan. They had um
1: yeah, Adam and Ryan. They're training over in um, in swords. Yeah,
0: yes, yeah, so team K. Like, yeah that's that's the gym yeah like that even they had um, they did a couple of k1 fights coming from Taekwondo. they had a couple of k1 fights before they stepped into going into the cage because they felt that it was uh, coming from more kind of tatami sports to needed to to kind of feel that ring and where well, you can't just step out you know you, you're, you're, but you're i feel
1: half. one thing from my own experience in mma and ryan and adam probably tell you the same like the I think MMA, some MMA fighters aren't used to kicks or stray kicks like that, you know, that like powerful side kicks, powerful front kicks, you know, a lot of people, some fighters wouldn't be used to that. And I found that it is one advantage I've definitely had going in against other fighters competing in like, say the amateur worlds for MMA. And even, you know, in the UK and Ireland, it's, it's a big, big advantage. And like that, like Adam and Ryan are, like, you know, from a Taekwondo background, did the kickboxing, but like unbelievable kickers, like, you know, um, so yeah, that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's good to see the transition. And another person then is like Shauna Bannon is now training in SPG D24. And that like that, another outstanding kicker and like competed at the world's and did really, really well. So she, I think she came second in the world's uh against uh she lost out to china but like unbelievable performances like throughout and like that the kicking is really you know a big big advantage to have
0: yeah it's like yeah definitely i think a big thing is that it's used to the hands but not used to them uh, like you said them them long them long kicks the distance right. is
1: just that um yeah you have that like longer distance where you're you're catching people shots and you can close the distance a bit better. Um, with your leg and follow with the hands, you know with, uh, yeah, it. Yeah, it works really well. I found that it's been um, I'm at a big advantage with it.
0: I, like, I think um, what to touch on uh, is like I find it always mad that you know in Waco that the Irish Open is seen as being as uh, as big, if not bigger, than the World Championships. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is
1: 100% agree with that. Um, So the Irish Open is hosted every year, um, the kind of last weekend of February, first week of uh, March uh, in City West. And it brings, I think it's over 4,000 competitors. Um, I'm not sure how many were there this year, but uh, it's huge, it's massive. And to win the Irish Open is a big, big feat because not only do you have... um, See the world championships. You're fighting the person who came first in uh, the nationals from every category, or from every whatever countries. Um, so every country is only allowed to send one athlete per section. Um, whereas in the Irish Open, like you have, like say Italy's first, second, third, fourth. You could have, you know, Germany's first, second, third, fourth. You have everyone there, and you have so many more fights. You could have, say, when you're fighting in the light contact, you can and you can compete in more categories. So I could go in and fight at minus sixty, minus sixty five light contact, and do both weight categories for light contact. And you can do the same for points. And uh, you could have five, six fights you know, on the one day, or you could have four fights one day and two fights the next day. Like if you keep winning, you're like, you're, you're, you keep fighting till the final. So it's, it's really, it's grueling on the body. Like it's, you're taking a lot of, um, yeah, it's, it's tough. Like it's really, it's a tough competition to win. Um, I've started the last two years I've competed in K1. Um, and I found it like that less grueling on the body because you're you're only having one fight per day, like max, I think the max they're allowed to do is two on the one day. And uh, I think the worst part for me about like doing the K1 is the fact you have to weigh in every morning. But um, yeah. it also kind of rules out though um, people cutting massive, massive weight. So in the light contact, you could have someone who's ballooned back up five six kg because you only have to weigh in once but then for the k1 at least you know that morning they were the same weight as you so yesterday
0: yeah, so but a yeah, uh, huge competition huge what was your experiences in terms of like maybe su- success at the, at the irish open
1: so my first irish open um was in 2010 no, sorry, 2012, maybe 13. And uh, I went in as a novice because I was still a junior. And uh, I, I won the novice, no, I, I got to the final of the novice, but then the coach whose fighter I was fighting, um complained because I was after winning the nationals but I was a junior so I technically what like if i got into the advanced like you can you have to be over 16 um or if not over 17 to compete in the Irish Open um so I think I was maybe like borderline able to compete um and then I competed in the senior or in the advanced as well as the novice and I think I got knocked out after my second fight. But like you fight some like unbelievable, like, cause you'll fight people you wouldn't necessarily have met in the world because people will change weight categories or they might go into two. So it's, it's a really good uh, competition for testing your ability. Um, I have, I've only won, I've won the Irish Open once and I won it last year in the K1. Um I won the, I won against um Stella Hemmetsberger. I think she is the current European or Waco world champion. Um I'm not one hundred percent sure. But um I fought her again this year and but because like I've I train MMA like, you know, six days a week and you know k1 might only be you know two or three days of that or two you know um but you could see like she had me i fought her this year in the final on the night show and uh she had my style she had it sussed from the year before so like you know the whole plan is like look next year like put a bit more time into the k1 and the leg kicks and you know like third round against like i like that's the one thing you know i'd love to fight her again to have that that experience you know and have that like you know she she's a very technical fighter really i really enjoyed the fight and it was quite close um so, yeah, it's, it's a really, I think it's one of the best competitions um, in the world to test yourself against for what, like, no matter what discipline you're doing, for the points, for the light contact, K1, full contact, um, I think it's, it's 100% one of the best.
0: What was the experience like of uh, being on the night show? Because it looks pretty class, the night show does, I always find. Yeah, no,
1: it was, um, see, because of the MMA, like everything is like, uh, so I was quite used to, you know, having that kind of a surrounding where you've the music, the lights. Yeah. Um, but for kickboxing, it was, it was a bit of a novelty. It was, I really enjoyed it. Um, it just kind of, it feels like a bit more professional and, um, you know, there is that kind of extra bit of pressure. You're like, oh, like people are just watching this fight. Whereas when you're in the arena and there's like 12 tatamis and two rings, you know, you're not really, you don't really care who's watching. You don't really like feel like, you know, but on the night show, they're just watching you, you know, they're just watching your fight. So um, there is, I suppose, a bit more pressure. Um, but I like, I enjoy it. Like, you know, from the MMA now and like, it, there feels like a bit of a buzz. It feels like how it should be, you know. Whereas when I go on to the tatamis now, I'm kind of I feel like it's almost like a training session, do you know. Um, whereas the big rings and the the lights, it feels you know it's fight time, you know.
0: So then, how many like wacko Europe like uh, Europeans or worlds would you have done then when you first after you first went on to the national team? Um.
1: So I competed in two thousand and 10, 11, 12, um, 13. I took a break in 2014 um, because I'd kind of gone to college. And, you know, when you're doing a sport from when you're eight years old and it's, like, predominantly competing the whole time, um, I think I'd broken, like, my finger as well. So I just – it was a good time to take a year out from. I didn't totally stop competing. I went to the Irish Open that year and I did a few more local – um events and I would have competed in the nationals but I just wouldn't have gone away for the the worlds or I think it was possibly yeah it was the worlds that were on that year in Turkey so I just I didn't go I just it was a good time to take a year out and then the following year I went to the Europeans in um Slovenia and it was my first year as a senior And I was doing kick light and light contact and I lost both my fights on the first day. I had two fights on the one day and I was devastated. I was like after taking a year out and, you know, putting all the training in and getting the weight down and for having two fights and just, you know, when you just don't perform. So I was, I was devastated. And then the, Next year, um I'm not sure what did I do the next year I think it was the next Europeans I ended up going away to again, and I came second I to kind of bypass all expectations, I beat some like big names, and um I lost two. I suppose, in a way, my kickboxing rival in like contact because she's just this one person that I have fought. Now I've Paulina Yarzmac, I have fought her three or four times now, if not more, and uh, it's it's just it's so close. But like she's just this unbelievably, I'd say she's a head and a half taller than I am. She has an unbelievable kick. She's great tactics and it's, you know, I've gotten it to be like a few points, but I I can never quite um, get her. And uh, she's uh, an unbelievable fighter to watch. Um, But yeah, so I lost to her in the final of the Europeans in 2000 and I'm going to say 16 and Then I competed in 2017 in the Worlds and I beat, I won my first two, I know, did I have two or three fights? And then I met Paulina again in the quarterfinal, no, the semifinal, semifinal, because I got a medal. And uh, yeah, it was, it was actually the closest it's ever been and against her and the judges just didn't you know didn't favor me um that would probably be the one fight that I would have thought questionable that I thought I'd pipped her um but yeah so and and Paulina went on to win it then so yeah it was you know I was really uh like kickboxing for me I've always looked at it and been You know, I absolutely loved it, but I feel like it was there. It built me up to like where I am now. And there is a reason I didn't win a world medal in kickboxing, because, you know, if you win a world medal, um, you know, you feel like you've achieved it all. And you see a lot of people who've won gold in kickboxing in the world Europeans, and they just they just stop because they're like, where do you go from here? Whereas I think the fact that I I have like two silver, uh, I have a silver world medal, silver European medal, um, bron- and two bronze like world medals. And it just makes you want more, do you know? And then when I kinda, you know, the last time I fought Paulina, I was like I, like, I'm, like, I am world level. Like I'm at the highest level of kickboxing in the world. I have been beaten by the best and it was so close so then when you know i've made this transition to mma and you know i've you know my record when i finished up amateur was i think it was 7 and 3 and two of those losses were at like the world championships in mma so for for amateurs which is is huge to be able to say that and i had i fought one Irish girl out of all of my MMA amateur um, fights and I went away. I came third in the world in amateur in 2018 and I was beaten by an American and I'm like, you know, I am like again at that world level but not quite getting there. So now that I've gone professional, I feel like there's that opportunity now to like really you know, up the ante and, you know, prove that I can be like, you know, a world champion. But it just, you know, I kind of look at everything that it happens for a reason. So I didn't win gold because it wasn't, it wasn't the time, like the time is going to be, you know, at professional when it matters, you know.
0: Yeah. Do you Do you feel that kind of, uh, the experience from kickboxing, of going and like you said, going away to to different countries and fighting people from different countries. Do you think that benefited them when you went to MMA and like that you were going to to different tournaments in different countries and fighting people from different countries? Where sometimes if you know, if you've just went straight into MMA you maybe wouldn't have had that experience of fighting people from different countries and traveling away if you've only been maybe fighting on local shows and then all of a sudden you're you're into this setting of you're going to I think it was maybe the last one was on in was it Dubai you're suddenly you're flying over to yeah. there to, yeah, to fight yeah. these people like that can be a, a, a challenge but you have maybe had a bit of experience there because you had from kickboxing of putting in training camps getting on flights flying then to fight people from different countries do you think that was a benefit
1: Oh, 100%. It just, it felt normal. You know, you're, you're traveling you're getting on a plane and you're, you know, you're cutting weight. So it's hard, but you're like, I'm I'm used to doing that from when I was 16. So, you know, it's not daunting. It's not like, you know, you're going to new country and it's, it's more excitement about, you know, but you also like, I've been going to foreign countries, kickboxing since 2010, but like, it's not a holiday. And when I was that age, I knew it, was, it wasn't a holiday. It was for more. So I could have seen people fall into the kind of trap of like going to a new country. Oh, let's, you know, and seeing it as uh, like that, like treating it like a holiday and being a bit more relaxed and maybe not as focused as they should have been. Whereas I know I'm going and I'm going for a purpose, like, and it's for like, you know, doing the sport like, that I love doing um so yeah definitely from like a mental perspective it prepared me well for um competing and traveling now and you know you kind of realize when you when you're traveling too far like things can go wrong so you might show up at like your hotel and they might not have say like a bath for you to cut weight in or a hotel mightn't have had a sauna and but because you know, I've come across so many things in, since 2016, like, or since, or since 2010 going away, that, you know, you're kind of, when something, when things go, don't go according to plan, I feel like I deal with it a lot better than someone who might have, got, like, be going away for the first time, something goes wrong, and it's all of a sudden the worst possible thing in the world, and it's all they can think about. Whereas, you know, I feel like if... You know, something pops up that I wasn't expecting, or you know, something's not ideal. That like mentally and like emotionally, I'm like able to deal with that like a lot better. You know, there's no panic. There's no like everything will work out. Like you
0: know, yeah. You say because like I don't think it's much of a coincidence. Like you switched over and and were successful at the, those amateur like the amateur world championships, and then you see like that even someone in like coming from keep Shauna Bannon going in and being successful in that kind of setting because it it's it very it's very similar. It's just a different sport.
1: Yeah, just a different sport. Like and uh you know when I started, um yeah, like I think some people, maybe in the amateurs, aren't because because like shauna would have done a bit of like contact as well and like you know that like pressure that pressure fighting that relentlessness of like keep going forward throwing shots you know being able to take shots and keep going forward you know um i feel like that would probably have been uh, one of the biggest advantages for like the likes of myself and shauna going into um mma that um people are used to maybe people getting stunned from a shot, whereas you know i 'm going to take a shot and just keep you know throwing back so um yeah, and like that, like you know you 're walking in to a ring like i'm sorry you 're walking onto mats and kickboxing you 're walking into a cage, but you 're used to like that whole preparation of the warm up the walk out, you know um the judges you 're used to you know kind of, you know, the live stream of the cameras, like it's that stuff you're not thinking about because it's so normal to you when you're when you're doing it.
0: How did you find in the transition when you started to bring in the jiu and the wrestling and all that other stuff? How was that transition?
1: Yeah, so it was it was tough like um because again like jujitsu wrestling is a total like physically it's so physically demanding that you know I so I started. Um, I'll go into how I started MMA first. Uh, I was in college and I was doing really involved in the boxing club in UCC. And uh, Aaron, the oh, like runs the MMA MMA Cork gym in Cork, and he was um, the captain of the boxing team. And for about three years, when I was on in the boxing club with him, he was um, pestering me. He was like, oh, Dee, please come try the MMA, please try it. And I was like, oh, no, it's a bit too vicious for me. I was like, um, wouldn't really be my thing. And then I finished college and I started work and I just, the kickboxing wasn't really, you know, I didn't really have, you know, people around me training and, you know, I kind of felt like, oh, I'm missing something here. So I got on to Aaron and I was like, OK, look, I'll come up and try it. I'll come up once. So I went up and immediately got hooked. Um, So it was getting stage where I'd get up like Aaron would pick me up from my house six o'clock in the morning would go down with like his brother, Jack McGuire, Aaron, John Mitchell, Jack Monahan. And we'd all be there six o'clock in the morning, most days. Um, I wasn't allowed to do any striking training when I first started. So I think I drilled on, like, I wasn't allowed to do any, it was awful. I was like, Oh, Aaron, please like, no, like you're doing a hundred mount escapes. You're doing a hundred like side control escapes. You're, you know, this is, this was what I was doing. And like that, um, you know, single leg takedowns, double leg. That that was all I was, it was like, Aaron's gym is predominantly like um, wrestling. And then at the time I was there, Liam Beechner would have been, like they would have been in the same club, uh, BJJ Cork. So I would have been doing jujitsu with Liam and uh, another guy there, Julian. So I was really, really lucky that I was in a gym that was so predominantly wrestling and jujitsu because that's what I needed, because I didn't need, like, I'm not saying I didn't need to work on my kickboxing, there's always room for improvement, but, like, it, like, was the perfect, um, foundation for me to start, you know, with the basics, and, uh, but, like, that really physically demanding, like, I think the first time I was sparring in the cage, so all the guys would come to training, actually, yeah, and they'd have, like, hoodies on and like you know long sleeved you know tops and there was i in my like tank top and like shorts being like guys like why are you so wrapped up you know it makes you know are you not going to be like way too hot while you're training and then we got in the tr- the cage and started doing you know some wall wrestling or whatever and i'd go home and i'd look in the mirror and there was like the sh- imprints of like the cage on my back like bruised and i was like oh this is why the guys wear all the layers i was like this makes sense yeah yeah so um yeah like I had to go to a wedding and like try cover up and yeah like my boyfriend gets off the stick when I've like black eyes everything. But um yeah so I started off in MMA Cork and like I'm still best buds with the guys Aaron, Jack, um John and the gut and everyone else. Um we talk all the time. Uh but then I moved. I moved to Dublin. So I was kind of looking at SBG up there and, you know, they, like John has so many girls. He had so many at the time in the gym. So I messaged John, I think it was shortly after the Connor Mayweather fight. And um, I was already signed up to go to the world um, MMA amateurs, the, in uh, Bahrain that year, 2017. So he said, he messaged me back in fairness and said like, oh yeah, have loads of girls up here, come up and train, you know, start whenever Um, I'm away at the moment, but like come up. So I think that was in like the August, but I was moving up in September. I started a new job up there and um, yeah, so I just joined the gym and like, you know, I have made some great friends there and the training there is second to none. And like that, I just have so many more girls that I can train with and like that. So I have my friend, Jackie's from Brazil. She's a purple belt in jiu-jitsu and she's unbelievable. I have my friend Katie, she's from Canada um, and she's fighting in Invicta at the moment. And Danny Nealon um, just after going to an 0 on Bellator. And uh then another girl, Antonella, she's had two professional MMA fights. And um a German girl, Mandy, um, she's six and oh, she's fighting um Liz Carmouch, I think. It's been postponed, but like look, another massive, um, massive fighter, so like real high level training partners. So, you know, and John like training second to none, like um so, yeah, like just really enjoying it up there, you know. Um, it's like, you know, I'm there every single day. It's like home. So, yeah, it's going really well.
0: Did you happen to find maybe a, a new passion? Have you started to maybe fall in love with jujitsu and wrestling as much as as, as, much as kickboxing?
1: Yeah, yeah. As in, like, I, I didn't, I was really surprised. I took really naturally to wrestling. So, like, I have a, like, short, stocky build. Mm-hmm. And it's it's perfect. I, it was like I was made for wrestling, to be honest. I was in the wrong sport my whole life. Um, love wrestling. Absolutely. Like it. And jujitsu as well. Um, it's getting to the stage now where I'm doing things. And I'm like, I don't even know what I just did. But I was like, oh, it worked. So, like, you know, some escape or some, you know, takedown. And I end up in, you know, side control. And I'm like, I don't even know how I did it. But it happened. But, yeah, no, love jujitsu. I'm a blue belt now um I've done two I did two jujitsu competitions I did one in DCU I think it was DCU in um when I was uh training out of MMA Cork as a white belt and I won that um and it was hilarious because um there was um a girl who used to do kickboxing um, Lindsay Doyle was in my category, so it's kind of funny. And uh, then I did the IBJJF Dublin Open uh, there. The say a year gone, say like not last Christmas, the Christmas before. Um, and I got the worst black eye ever. Like the, my eye was huge, like worse than any kickboxing. Someone decided to pull guard, and their heel came up, smacked my eye. Walking around with a black guy for all of Christmas, um, but because I'd done the MMA, I couldn't go into the white belt division, so I had to go into the blue belt. But I ended up winning the blue belt. um I think I came second in the absolute or third. I can't remember. But I won my division. Um, so then I kind of like was like to John, I was like, "You really have no excuse but to promote me to a blue belt now because I'm after like winning a blue belt." competition so I got my blue belt that December photos with the horrendous black eye and everything but yeah so very memorable jiu-jitsu competition my second one
0: and uh are you getting past maybe I don't know maybe when you started it was a, a lot of de- defense on the underground the and against defense and stuff like that are you moving to a point maybe now where it's uh you're looking to go for submissions
1: yeah, so funnily enough, uh, I would be a very defensive like jiu-jitsu I think, player anyway. Um, when I first came to the gym, uh, one of the guys is turning around and being like, D- you're like anti-jiu-jitsu, you're actually just like proactively trying to not engage with like, jiu-jitsu. I was like, yeah, I know. But um, my first ever MMA fight, um, I won by guillotine. In the third round, um, I think there was like a minute left to go. And it was, to be honest, it was like a fluke. So the girl I was fighting was a lot bigger than me. And I was winning the exchanges, like uh, striking. But um, she'd taken me down like, like once, if not twice, around. round. So in my head, I was like, I'm losing this fight because she keeps taking me down. So the third round... Um, yeah, I don't know what happened. I just decided like she went for a single leg and she was really, really slow taking me down. I was kind of bouncing around and I was like, okay, I'm just going to go for this, see how it goes. And, um, yeah, like, I think it was the longest, like 30 seconds, minute of my life, but she eventually tapped. So I was kind of happy enough with that. Um, yeah. So it's funny how that happened. And, then yeah it's just like you know pure chance I think with jujitsu it kind of becomes a bit more natural it just becomes like a natural movement like you go for the takedown then you progress and then you see openings um I've definitely come on a long long way from when I started um even like sparring now um I tend to, you know, I'll strike with someone, but like I I go I'll go for the takedown, you know, against the cage, you know, in the middle of the cage, like I'll and I will look to progress and like that, round and pound, or, you know, if, if there's an opening for like, you know, if I get someone's back or you know, I'll go through a naked choke. Um, so it gets to a point I think when you get comfortable with it, like certain submissions that you will try it. Uh, like me, my all time favourite, I think, is the guillotine, purely probably because I won my first fight by
0: guillotine. Like
1: um yeah, so I love that. But um yeah, I have like I've come a long way. I still have a long, long way to go. Like some people are doing things and I'm like looking at them being like, it's yeah, it's like chess, you know? <laughs> so many strategies, so many moves, human chess. So but yeah, I I absolutely love it. And you know, I never was one, even in kickboxing, to be like, "Oh, I want my next belt." Um, you know, it's I was never one for grading or anything like that. But like now, I think with the mentality they have in jujitsu, it's like your belt is like proof of like it. It is more of a reflection of your ability than it would have been, I think, in kickboxing um so yeah I would like, I'd, like I'm like going to try go for like my purple belt I'll just keep getting better and hopefully like you know um but yeah I love it like I and I would always say like when people ask me now you know oh you know what like should I start training and I'd be like to my friends in Cork I'd be like go up to BJJ Cork like try it out and like try the jujitsu and you know friends of mine in Dublin I'd be like seriously you need to try at least one jujitsu class And all of my kickboxing friends, I'm like, you just need to try it. You just, just once, just try it once and see if you like it. But yeah, I'd be a big advocate for it now. Whereas I never thought like, and when I started, I, like, I kept telling myself, I hate this so much because it's so hard. And I was getting like, you know, pinned by people the whole time. I wouldn't be able to move. I was getting submitted left, right and center. But like, I think jujitsu is that kind of a sport that no matter what level you're like, all the way up I'd say to your black belt you're getting submitted by everyone who's you know it's you just kind of begin to like accept it and you know get a little less harsh on yourself <laughs> so yeah it's good I I love it I love
0: it well did you find that it was much easier to maybe see progression because I, I know from like myself even when you see when you start getting to a high, a high level and maybe it have seen it in kickboxing it becomes very hard to see progression from definitely day to day but even sometimes then month to month it kind of doesn't necessarily feel like you've definitely got better but did you feel that then you know that you were getting submitted but then you kind of feel yourself getting better because like, well okay now I'm, st- I'm not getting submitted as much or now maybe yeah submissions you maybe yeah. it was much easier to see progression big time big time because a lot of um the
1: guys doing jujitsu in the gym would have their like um everyone has a particular submission that they like and there's some real high level guys like, um, you know, the likes of James Galler's guillotines, like, you know, some like, like so many fighters have like unbelievable submissions. So for me, a win against people like that is, okay, I didn't get caught in that, like this training session, or I got caught in it, but... I got out or, you know, they're the wins. So you need to look at jujitsu as in the small wins. It's like, okay, like last week I got submitted five times, but this week, oh, I got submitted four times. It's one less than you do. And you see progression and you see yourself getting smarter. You see yourself um, seeing openings or escaping from um, a position that last week you might not have been able to or you see yourself like that someone the same level as you you're like you're able to you finish a submission because it's all well and good like getting to a point of like where you can but some people find it really hard to finish certain submissions like that like a guillotine someone can pop their head out and you're then on your back in guard and for MMA I don't think that's like it's not an ideal position to be in when you've probably gone from being in a really dominant position so yeah it is oh, it's yeah, Like Eve. to be honest yeah you see you can definitely see progression in Jiu-Jitsu, like really like you can see yourself getting better um it's a lot more noticeable yeah than in kickboxing in kickboxing it's like it's marginal it's like it's quite like you know like i suppose in a way similar to um if you look at it from that point, like the same way you're looking at jujitsu, so you're fighting, you're you're sparring with your training partner, and every time you go in, they're catching you with the same technique. So then next week, okay, they're not going to catch me with this. So, um, yeah, yeah. I think it's a lot easier in kickboxing to uh train or to specify your tactics to a certain person whereas in jujitsu it's all on you it's like you can't predict what the person like you know to a certain extent you can't really predict what they're going to go for and it's a lot harder to whereas in kickboxing i can just google youtube someone and um you know see their style of fighting whereas for jujitsu, it's not as prominent, maybe. Maybe I'm just not at the level where I can see that either. But um, because I'm sure black belts look at certain, you know, other black belts and say, oh, he always does this. But like, definitely right now where I am in jujitsu, I wouldn't be able to prepare for someone's like, I. in my head, I'm like, okay, they're going to try to take me down because they are jujitsu, predominantly jujitsu. but that is probably the... Yeah, that that's what I would see um, being a big, big difference between fighting someone who's a striker versus fighting someone who's, you know, from a jiu-jitsu or wrestling background.
0: Yeah, because do you find it maybe... Because, like you say, kickboxing, you can watch the techniques that the person tends to do a lot, but with jiu-jitsu, do you find out it's much more like you have to... The only way you find out is it's more by feel. You have to be in there with them. Yeah, that's it.
1: by feel 100% because, like there's no because they're reacting like don't get me wrong kickboxing is you're reacting as well but I feel like it's a lot more jujitsu as well in competitions can be quite like a slow game so you could end up in one position and then you're waiting for the other person to react and depending on how they react whereas kickboxing is probably so much like faster that someone reacting you might miss stuff or you might not see the reaction or when you do see the reaction everything's happening a lot like faster don't get me wrong jujitsu can be fast but um there is that kind of also point of where you're being patient and you're waiting for someone to move to expose something or and there is also that like you know you make someone like you make a jujitsu version like do something on purpose but they don't know like so there's that bit of trickery there's a bit yeah so it is it's it's very i find it really interesting i find it really really interesting Um, and I just yeah I love it like I yeah it's good
0: it's really I'd recommend
1: anyone to give it a go like you know even just like once
0: what would your what would a a weekly uh, training schedule kind of look like I suppose not right now but if uh, yeah much more a normal time
1: yeah so like a normal training so I work um nine to five um a normal week for me I would try to get to at least two or three of John's classes so the pro team sessions are on during the day so on those days I go into work at maybe like eight o'clock in the morning so I get that extra hour so I have two hours for my lunch break I go out to the gym I do my training I come back I finish work at five um and every it, like four days a week. So I'm in Dublin, Monday to Friday. Friday evening, I go down to Cork City and I train down there. So on a Monday evening, I do, you know, maybe 45 minutes of boxing pads. And then I do um, John's Nogi Jiu Jitsu class for about an hour and a half. So I kind of get like two sessions in there. And then on a Tuesday, I go to the daytime class and then I do boxing pads in the evening. Wednesdays I would, what do I do on Wednesdays, like that I might go to the daytime class if I can which is generally kickboxing and then in the evenings I do um, boxing pads always just kind of like a daily thing and um, jump into the wrestling class on a Wednesday. Thursdays I would again go to like John's class and the day and um, the evenings boxing, and then Fridays are my rest days. Saturdays, I'm in Cork. I'm doing my strength and conditioning uh, early Saturday morning in Exceed Fitness in Balintag with um, Leon. So he's unbelievable. He's been with me from the start of my MMA uh, journey so far, and um, yeah, just really sport-specific stuff. A lot of explosive movements um so I do that early maybe eight o'clock in the morning on a Saturday and I do boxing pads on Saturdays for about an hour Sundays the same boxing pads so I know like I am even in kickboxing I was ever like a better boxer than most people my kicks just weren't um for MMA they're really they're really good. Uh, for kickboxing, they're not quite that world level kicks like you'd see from like the likes of Adam Shelley, Ryan, or uh, from Shauna. But my hands would have always been my biggest asset, and uh, so I did the boxing and all that, um, and I love it. So the head movement, so I work a lot on that just to be for MMA. When you look at it, every single fight starts out your boxing. You're you're on your feet. You know people are closing the distance fair enough you throw in a kick to break the distance but like the biggest um thing that does damage is your hands so i put a lot a lot of time into my boxing um and like that you know tweaking small things head movements foot movements so um yeah do a lot of that like but uh yeah so I have a fairly hectic week um but I love it and uh it it works I do listen to my body though so if I'm you know if I have a twinge in my elbow or my shoulder I'll be like okay I might leave off the boxing this evening or I might just like work on the on my legs you know do a few kicks on the bag um so like that is probably as well one of the greatest things about mma so even so i could roll over roll up like say roll my ankle and so i can't kick for a while or i can't really wrestle or put too much weight on it but like i can punch so i strap it up throw on my boxing boots and like little movement but you can you can still work away so i had a, sh- a bad shoulder injury um march of 2018 and but like, so I was out of the gym, I was out of the gym for a week, but after a week I was back. Um, Obviously I couldn't wrestle, you know, I could do limited jujitsu. So it's, it's a good one that you, you can kind of work around a lot of injuries Um, and you, you can still stay stay active to a certain extent. So um, yeah, I've been lucky, touch wood, that I've had no, no really, really bad injuries um how do you find
0: it how do you find balancing balancing a full-time job and and all the training sessions
1: yeah so it it's hard but I couldn't see myself doing anything else um like obviously I would love uh and the whole idea would be to be in a position where I don't have to work and I can um maintain the lifestyle I want from fighting but at the moment, you know, I, I have to work and I'm lucky to be doing a job that I'm interested in. So I work in, um, kind of finance. So, uh, I assess businesses and, um, you know, give them like, well, the company I work for that will assess them and approve or, um, reject loans and for businesses so it's all positive new money all that it's it's really interesting I did maths in college so I would have always been um just it would just have come easily to me so like and juggling work so the last um company I worked with um were really really good to me so they really like promoted the flexible working, you know, if I had fights coming up or if anything came up short notice, they were really, really good to give me um, time off. So when I am like, you know, considering moving job or when I am in a job, that is like when, when I'm in the interview, I'm telling them like, this is my, like, I need flexible working. Like I need, you know, a bit of leeway to do what I want. And if they turn around and say they can't do that for me, then like, I'm not going to, not going to move. I'm not going to take the job, but I've been really, really lucky now. Like the last two years I was working in um, Dublin city center, uh, right next to the red Lewis line. So I was able to go out like, you know, 25 minutes would take me to get to the gym. So it it was, it was doable. Like it is. um, And like when I'm in Dublin, I'm there like my whole, like I'm just working and training um, and like that. I have my few buddies in the gym who I hang out with and like, that's my social. And like, for me, it's, I enjoy it so much. It never, it, it has never felt like a chore and I would hate for it to start feeling like a chore. So like, I'm going to work and I'm thinking it's like, oh, I can't wait to go training later. Like I'm so excited, you know? um I really just enjoy going into the gym and what I do like I just couldn't imagine like for me it's it's not really a juggling it's I'm doing what I want anyway um so I'm just kind of lucky to you know I love um what I do and I'm kind of in a position where I have the opportunity to do kind of as much as I want
0: and what did what did your job think of when you came in with the black eye
1: Oh, I got so much stick for so long. Like, I'm really lucky that I don't have to meet customers. But yeah, like, oh, uh, it's, yeah, the makeup covered all over it. It just, it just get a lot of slagging, to be honest. Um, but yeah, they were very good. They were very good about it always. So um, yeah, like, I think the hardest part maybe would be in work when you're a bit tired. you know or when you're cutting weight and you're a bit cranky and um it is it is tough but um like that all I can say is I was really lucky to work with like really really sound people who just wanted to see me do well in you know in my sport and they they see how important it is to for to me and um you know I get my work done you know and they're they're happy enough with that like so but uh yeah the black eyes are an issue there and um, I don't know what it is I'm really really <clears throat> prone to I'm not one of those people who just gets a small little black eye I'm the person who will get this massive golf ball on the side of, like just here like it's happened twice now yeah. in the last two years I just can't so unlucky so like it, it's either a headbutt or someone's heel and yeah it's just the nor- It's normal now. It's normal. It's actually probably strange to not have some bruises and everything. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no. I, I'm very lucky though. Like you know, I have no, no big injuries at least.
0: So is the goal? Um, it's going to be the UFC, Bellator.
1: The UFC is definitely the goal. Um, 100%. Um, and that's why I'm kind of looking at cage warriors because for Europe, it's probably one of the most direct paths into it. Um, like from, yeah, like it is, it is like, I want to fight in the UFC. Like who, who doesn't, you know, it is the most, um, competitive. It is, you know, the, um, pinnacle kind of that you look at, um, and it just it does. I suppose it draws a bigger crowd. Um, so yeah, I would be I'd be looking to fight in the UFC in the future. I just need to you know rack up a few like a few fights. You know, I need um, you know more competition. I didn't like I used to give out as an amateur about how many how hard it was to get matched or get fights, but like in a way it was like a blessing you had the world to compete and you got so many fights if you kept winning but in as a professional it is I'm finding it tough because even though so I am I'm zero and um zero and one because I lost my professional debut I fought a girl who was three and three over she's from Montreal so I fought her in Montreal um for my debut um like, it was a tough first fight to take. Um, but, like, at the same time, you know, I learned a lot from it. It was, it's it's totally different to amateur. Totally different. Um, but, like, I enjoyed the experience. And, like, I wasn't outclassed. So I kind of wasn't disappointed in my performance. But if I was to go back, I would probably have just you know, thought more about the game plan maybe, but uh, like that. Yeah. Sorry. So I'm zero and one, but like, I'm still, I like people who are O and O um, and like having their debut and uh, you know, other fighters they've looked at, like, I'm being, they're turning down the fight because it must like, maybe it's the kickboxing experience like you know a lot of people making their debut may not want to take um a fight against you know an accomplished kickboxer so yeah it's just kind of it's just about being patient right now and keep the head down keep training and uh you know it's yeah just hopefully get a fight soon you know before the end of the year anyway
0: (laughs) I'd be hoping I uh, I imagine it's frustrating when you're when you're used to being active and competitive and then it's you're having to wait too long between fights
1: yeah and that is kind of the biggest reason why I'm staying um somewhat active with the kickboxing um like the plan this year um like the nationals for kickboxing will still go ahead at some stage I presume So I was always planning on competing in them. And there wouldn't be as many shows like in kind of October, November, December. So, well, maybe now with COVID happening, like I'm sticking in my head that like I'm still going to like compete in the kickboxing Europeans in K1 um, just to stay active because you know, ideally for me, I would have been fighting say July on sorry, April, which fell through before all this happened. But like in my head, I was like July, you know, September for MMA. Because realistically, like at this stage, I'm probably looking at two, like the very max, I'd be very lucky to get two MM professional MMA fights this year. Um, so that's why like I'll stay busy in the kickboxing because it complements it. Um and like there's always room for improvement there and because i am you know i fought at international level in kickboxing um it's hard in ireland to find the same kind of competition striking wise so um it's it's good to compete like on the international circuit and you know it just keeps you sharp
0: and i don't, um uh but how how did you find kind of coming true um in terms of like be it, being a, a girl and a, a woman in 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 kickboxing that was there ever a, like i know you said that there's a lot of girls in the gym now but was it always the kind of same when you were coming through to with kickboxing that there was many girls was there many girls in the club that
1: so from in West Cork, for me growing up, um, I was also very lucky. So um, two of my best friends um, were training. The, well, we became best friends by training together. But uh, Lily Delacour and um, my friend Daniel McGregor, who isn't in the sport anymore, but we kind of grew up um, training together and competing internationally um. So I was really lucky. I think it was only when I went to college that there wasn't maybe as many girls and when I fought in MMA Cork. Um, from the point of view, are you treated any differently? Definitely not, Not especially in kickboxing. There's so many, you know, female fighters. In MMA, the exact same, you know, you nearly they're nearly promoting, you know, female fighters more than, you know, if there's... I think there's a stat, if there's a female fight on a card, that there gets, like, you know, is it 10 or 15% more people will watch it or want to go because there is a female fight on the card. So, um, yeah, I think it's probably in the world. Like, you, you see, you know, the crowd that Ronda Rousey, draw, like, used to draw. Um, you know, people celebrating the likes of Katie Taylor. Um, you know like joanna jared i can't pronounce her surname you know the likes of them holly home and the ufc like they're (laughs) they're big big millions
0: chris Um, cyborg
1: chris cyborg yeah and um so i think yeah if anything women are almost celebrated in the sport um it's yeah i've only ever had like good experiences to be honest um especially with like the kickboxing everything they've been really really um supportive I think maybe the only thing would have been people outside of the sport so people just regular everyday people being like oh like you're a girl you shouldn't be doing that or oh is it not like a bit vicious or um what what does your boyfriend think of that or you know yeah I think my parents got a bit of stick when I started um, and when my sister was doing it um, from people like down here, maybe in West Cork, um, but like that, like with time, everyone's just kind of become to accept it as like, you know, it's it's normal and it's something to like, you know, celebrate more than anything.
0: Yeah. Like that, you he, he say, it's great that uh, you do see on UFC shows that there is women fights that do um, do, do main, event, uh, main event on cards. Yeah. And-, and
1: they draw massive, like they draw huge, um, uh
0: like viewers like so it is it's good the last pay-per-view like it was the women's fight that was the best fight on the car like the the men's main event
1: you're
0: saying that's fight of the year you know yeah so yeah like just that's one thing i do i do like to see like in mma especially like with UC is that there is like there's no reason not to have the like if the the women fights as main events because like that oftentimes they're better than the men's fights
1: yeah, yeah, that's it. No, 100%. And I think of all sports that um I've ever watched, I think like the, I'm not going to name any sports in particular, but you know, there's always the, the question like, oh, like, as in the women's fight, are every bit as technical as the men's fight. There's no big gap. There's no, it's not, um, you know, you don't look to say people turning around saying, oh, the women aren't as good, or you. you don't have those, like that criticism, that some other sports would get, um, which I think is wrong wrong as well because it's only, you know, genetics, you know, like men are built differently to women and that's how it is. Um, But I think 100% in MMA, there's a lot less of an argument there than for other sports.
0: Yeah, 100%. And then kind of just before we finish up, um, I tend to ask, who would you say is your uh, favorite fighter?
1: My favorite fighter? Um, yeah I'm just I'm gonna probably have to go with I think everyone's favourite like Conor McGregor like what he's done for Irish MMA is absolutely huge um, and he's a gentleman like he strolls into the gym and like you can just feel like the, the energy is electric when he comes in um, and just seeing you know how technical he is for, for a kickboxer watching him fight I just like, you know, he's kind of inspirational. You look at him and he's doing MMA and you're like, but like he could be a world champion kickboxer, you know, he could be, you know, champion like boxing. Like it's, he is just like his worth work ethic. Um, like I don't care what the media says, like for someone um, seeing him train in the gym, he is uh, like an inspirational person um, and just has done amazing things for the sport
0: and then if you know were, he's really
1: put Irish mma on the map like you know
0: 100% yeah i think that it it's um when you think like the, the biggest name in the in the ufc and in mma is 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 an irish guy it's it's pretty classic yeah. we don't get that in many sports other sports where it's like the the number one well, most known or most famous is uh, and the number one most the person associated most with a sport is an irish guy which i think is yeah.
1: But I think when you look at Irish fighting in general, like for uh, an island with such a small population, to see the likes of Katie Taylor go out there and, you know, have so many belts, I suppose she, like she will be another, like, say, you know, another favourite 100% Um, for her to have won, you know, the Olympics and to have won all these belts now and be that like person, like she's the one to beat, like she's the unbeatable. Um, so, you know, just seeing like, you know, Irish fighters on that scale, you know, doing so well is unreal. And like, you know, the likes of, you know, Peter Queeley, you know, main event coming up in November, like James Galler having had like the main events, um everyone doing so well and Liam McCourt, you know, stepping in, like there's there's some huge, huge names there. Um, Irish MMA, and they're really, you know, and I think it's a bit of the personality as well. So like not only are all these fighters like, you know, exceptional, but they, you know, they can have a bit of a laugh. They're like down to earth and they're these approachable people who you can, you know, have a conversation with.
0: Yeah. I, I... You, I think, as well. You get the benefit. You get to see more of that side because you're you're in the gym with these people. So yeah,
1: yeah, one hundred percent. And
0: people maybe on the you know, obviously,
1: know yeah, I, yeah. I suppose when you're looking at the whole, you know, Instagram version of people, you see something a lot different to what people are actually like. And I think, if anything, it's taught me more than you know you know ignore what you see on social media like you can and never never ever judge someone for what they've put up on social media or for what they have you know what posts they've liked or commented on I think you can only ever take someone for um face value really because um you know if someone's like you know good to me I'm going to be good to them um so I I think that's all you can do, you know, it's biggest, biggest lesson for me from everything and meeting like, you know, everyone in the gym is like, you know, they're, they're just people like they're just, you know, um, like, you know, they're, everyone's going to promote themselves on Instagram, but you know, it's not necessary necessarily like the reality of, you know, who that person is. So yeah, that's, that's kind of one takeaway I'd have.
0: Yeah, I think um, I think that will even be a good place to to wrap it up. Um, I think we leave there. I've really enjoyed the chat, actually. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been good to hear hear your story.
1: Thanks, Jamie. You no, know, it was a uh, good chat to you as well.
0: So, and um, keep doing so, what you're doing. Yeah, you too. And hopefully, we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back training and back competing uh, fairly soon.
1: Yeah, one
0: hundred percent. Nice. Stay safe. All the best.
1: Sure. Thanks, Jamie.